You just have to find the people who, like you were saying, make you feel like you can be yourself around and grow and actually be honest with each other. Hi, I'm Rosie Acosta. I'm a meditation teacher, speaker, and author of You Are Radically Loved, a healing journey to self-love. Look, I grew up in East Los Angeles during the 92 LA riots, and it set me on a troubled path. I didn't grow up with mentors in my life, so I turned to reading as many books as I possibly could to learn about the purpose of life. In my journey, I found that having these conversations gave me life, and I decided I wanted to create a place where I could share these conversations with my community. So come have a sit with me as we learn about, well, everything. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Radically Loved Podcast. I am joined by a very special guest today. She is actually my first co-podcaster friend, first first ever, Katie Dalebout. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. We were we were just catching up before this about when we recorded. I guess I was a guest on your podcast. Yeah, I don't even remember. Yeah, oh yeah. Like I don't remember. I don't even remember. It was a long time. It feels like a. Doesn't it feel like a lifetime ago? Twenty sixteen because my book had just come out. Yeah, and I was just about to move to New York. Yes, and we were in Detroit. We were in so Detroit. You were there for a yoga conference, right? And I came to your hotel room. Yep. Yep. And then we just like chatted it up. And I was like, man, yep. this girl is so, this girl feels like home. You know, those types Aww. of people that you just connect with. And you, and I've always had that special place in my heart for you. Just everything that you do. I mean, you're such an incredibly talented writer. Obviously, you are the host of a podcast, very, very popular podcast called Let It Out. Yeah, I'm just a fan. And I feel like, yeah, it feels like a lifetime ago. There's so much. And I'm, I went back actually to listen to that conversation. First of all, I'm like, oh my God, just the quality of the sound, right? You just I have no idea what we talked about. Oh I look, my God. I was really cute. It. Actually, I loving you, but I don't remember much I will else. link, I will link it to the show notes of this podcast. So those of you that are curious and want to hear it is very sweet. We basically just we talked about life and you were talking about, you know, your book. That's right. Had just come out and we we're having that conversation. And I, I feel like, you know, I've been following you on social media for a long time and I've kind of seen the different pathways that you've been on it's sort of this spectator from afar as somebody who is an admirer, right? Like, it's so interesting how we can become completely different people. And although I still feel like you're exactly the same girl I met in Detroit all of those years ago, it does feel like we've just sort of emerged from that person that we were. So that being said, I mean, I'd, I'd love to just catch up with you and, and just kind of see what has evolved for you, especially over the last couple of years, right? So you said that you just you just recently moved. It's been two years, but I feel like the last two years don't really count. Do you feel the yeah. same way? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny because I do. I keep saying I'm new here, but it's going to be two years <laughs> and like two weeks <laughs> because I got here the, like the week of lockdown, basically, 2020. Yeah. 
but still when people are like, Oh, you know, have you seen the show there? Have you been to this restaurant? I'm like, Nope, Nope. Like, unless I did it when I would visit LA and like, I think I'd maybe been to LA once around that time for my book tour. And then maybe like one or two other times, maybe, I think like maybe once or twice. And, you know, growing up, I'm from the Midwest, like New York, I felt like I could, you see it so much on TV and I'm sure you see like Hollywood and Los Angeles, but it just felt so foreign to me, like a place that like I'd never been growing up and, you know, I hadn't traveled much anyway or my family, but I had been to New York city once as a kid and like on a vacation. So I could like conceive of that place. And you just, I think you do sort of see it more in the media. Like, you know, I think we're around the same age that I was watching, but LA was just as like, I didn't know anything about it. And so I just kind of happened to be here and stayed, but it all feels so new here. And it's so, I'm, I'm so curious to talk to you and your experience because me living here, it's like, I can't believe I get to live here. It's paradise. I look out and see palm trees and mountains out my window and it's sunny and nice out every day. And I'm just so grateful that it panned out this way and it was not like planned in in any capacity, but it does feel new because like you said, the last two years and I haven't really done much other than like stayed in my neighborhood and really, really different from how I lived in New York. Yeah. I mean, I'm, it is totally different. And I always leave it to people that are not from here to remind me how grateful I am having grown up in an environment where I didn't have to like shovel snow, you know, that this type of thing where having uh, friends, you know, as I got older and I was going to college, friends from all over, from the Midwest, from the East Coast that would say these sort of like seasonal experiences that I just, you know, we're 70 and sunny, 365 days, pretty much. I mean, most of the time, even in the winter time, it's really mild. I mean, when I moved from here to Portland back in 2013, I lived there for like four years. I didn't even own a jacket, like a coat, like a legitimate jacket for like real. I mean, I, I'd been up to the snow and, but that was the sort of disparity between like snowboarding jacket and a lightweight denim jacket, you know, it definitely puts things into perspective. And there definitely is something beautiful about being in a state where you get to experience the seasons, but LA definitely has a magic to it. And I'd be curious, it's hard, right? Because the last two years we've been in this lockdown. And so it's not like you've been able to go see the sites and go to the restaurants and go have these experiences that LA is known for, but there is still this energy that LA has. And I feel like a lot of it really feeds the creativity, especially for somebody like you, that is a writer, that's a creative. I feel like you can tune into that frequency pretty well. And you'll find that it's quite easy conduit to travel through. Yeah. I mean, I, the joke here is like all my friends here live in my neighborhood and like the big joke is like, I never, Katie never, never leaves the neighborhood, you know, like I, I work at the shop in my neighborhood one day a week and my friends all come in and I 
I'm always blocking and editing the podcast. And obviously like I work from home, so I don't like have a commute of somewhere to be. So I do have a lot more to explore. And also like, I haven't been to, like you were saying, museums and things that weren't open. But one thing that like thinking back to Detroit, you know, like I, I didn't grow up there. I grew up in a small town in Michigan and then moved there and was living there. And like, I think now that I'm, I'm so curious what we talked about. I know we talked about my book, but I'm, I remember where I was like in my life in that yeah. moment. And I was on a real high because I had like just started dating someone new. And I don't know if we got into that, but I probably like gushed about it to you after before. And then, cause I remember I was like meeting him for a date right after that conversation. And I think there's something about like being in the energy of like a new crush or like yes. that it's, it's kind of pierced in your mind. Mm-hmm. And I was about to move to New York, like maybe a month late, something like that. And so yeah. I was like, still to this day, which is a whole nother thing, but the biggest like work project that I'd had at, up to that point and still now have had like come out. And then I was like in this new relationship about to move to the city that I like dreamed of living in. So I was in a really good place or really excited kind of like high place, but something that I really thought about a lot during that time that I think is true. And I'm curious if this is your experience is like several things, like a, wherever you go, there you are, you know, like I've been to all these different cities and gotten to live on different coasts of this country and between and something that actually that that person that I was dating really helped me to see it was like, I wanted to move to New York so much, almost in this identity sort of a way that was Mm. ego related of like, this is it. Like I have to do it. I have to try it. And I realized later that it it wasn't just that for me. Like I really did want to be there and have that experience and want to like, honestly, like see something different, like see be in a different place than where I grew up and, you know, I can come back and maybe I will. And who knows? And, you know, was a twist in my plan that I ended up here, but maybe I'll be, I don't know anything about the future, but I did notice like part of it was ego related. And I realized some later, like I said, part of it wasn't, but he really helped me see that like, there are cool, creative people and there's community wherever you are. And we have this kind of like elitist view, I think sometimes of like different cities or different communities or even different parts of cities and smaller cities of like, this is where the cool people are. And I think so much of that is like identity and ego. And I'm so susceptible to it too. But I do think the older I get, the more I'm like, Oh, yeah, every every city has like a block like this where there's like the coffee shop and the thing and the th- and it's like you just have to find the people who like you were saying make you feel like you can be yourself around and grow yeah. and actually be honest with each other and that's something I really appreciate about with the pandemic like the importance of familiar strangers the importance mm-hmm. of like being a regular somewhere and having community and going to the same few places and there's a community care element of that and like talking to my neighbors and actually you know trying to be where i am a little bit because i think in new york i i had that in some ways, but in other ways, you know, I was kind of one foot in and one foot out and constantly traveling and going to all the different neighborhoods because it's so easy to get around. But in, when I moved here, I was like really kind of 
rooted. Like I didn't have a car when I first moved here. I just happened to be here. And I think there was like a peacefulness that came to that in a way. Yeah. I mean, I want, I definitely want to pull on that string. There's so many things that you said that I was like, oh, I need to know more. The first thing is the ideal of where the ego plays a role in where you live and what you think that will create, right? With your posing the juxtaposition of wherever you go, there you are. And wherever you are is where you can cultivate that sense of community, which I really love, especially knowing that so many of us moved during this time, the last two years, I know a lot of people sort of uprooted and, Mm -hmm. and moved to different parts, but I feel like there's this element of our ability to be open to receiving that. Right. I mean, I'd be curious to hear what the difference was energetically or intentionally from moving to New York to moving to LA, or was it like what sparked in you? What was the difference? Did it have different energy? Was the New York move more career-based? Like you you thought that was the place to be, or was it more that's where your heart wanted to be with LA? Was it the same? Like I'd love for you to just walk us through the the sort of discerning experience for you. Yeah. Oh, well, first of all, it's so interesting to be like on this side of a conversation, because as you know, I'm right. I, I interview a lot and they say like a good interview should feel like therapy. And that question like does talking this out, I'm such a verbal processor too, that this is really going to settle in because this is me like working this out the first time. But that's what I like to hear is, is people doing that. So I, it's, it's so funny, Rosie, because when I was moving to New York, like that is what I wanted. This is going to sound so earnest and silly but like every birthday like when I was a kid like I would wish I just want to live in New York and and so much of this was like sensationalized media of like watching too many you know romantic comedies in the early 2000s or like watching you know a lot of friends and I just wanted a friend group and to like go on dates and fall in love and like walk around the city and like like my outfits (laughs) you know what I mean like it wasn't and I didn't changed that much as like a 13 year old to now that I'm 31 genuinely but like through my 20s you know I I just wanted to move to New York and I I realized that I had a low threshold for uncertainty and I'm more of like a stepping stone person so a lot of people I went to college with a lot of my really good friends my closest friend in college like she just moved like while she was still in college she just got an internship in New York and she was just there and it was hard and she figured it out and whatever and I didn't really do that I like got a full-time job after college and I moved to Detroit which was you know where this job was and I didn't want to it wasn't like on my birthday wish list to to move there but it ended up being really great and it was a city that I hadn't thought of and and is a really cool city. And I met so many amazing people and I really loved my time there. And and I always say this to people because a lot of people who I work with or who listen to the podcast or who are in my in process group, this will shock no one, you know, are people who have similar, you know, situations Mm -hmm. to me or like relate to me in some way. And so we talk a lot about transitions and moving and, you know, beginning and ending relationships and highs and lows and creative projects. And it's all, it's all the same, right? Like my therapist says, everything is everything. Right. So with moving, I think it's the same thing, but what I, what I've said to them is like, you have to love where you are for it to change. You have to like accept it Mm. at the very least. Every time I've done that, like when I really wanted to leave the 
town I grew up in, I was teaching yoga and I was like doing all these workshops in the back of health food stores. And I like finally was like, I kind of like it here. And that's right. When I moved to Detroit, you know, and when I met you, I was like, oh, I'm like dating this new person here. And I've got this whole community and I love my apartment here, but like I'm planning to move to New York, you know? And so it's, it's always like a little bittersweet. And it was the same thing in New York, you know, like I really loved my life there. I had moved from the East village in Manhattan to, to Greenpoint and in, in Brooklyn. And I, I was, I liked being close to a couple of friends or my neighbors and I really loved my apartment and I was in a, in a really good spot. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to miss the winter in New York. So my plan was to, I was going to be back in New York by my 30th birthday. And so I packed everything and I put it into my best friend's place around the corner and I kind of sold all my furniture and I planned to be back like in April and I went to Bali for January of that year and I went to Australia for February and I landed here on like March 15th or something of 2020. So like days before lockdown and I was going to just spend two months here. I was subletting and my, my one friend here who we weren't that close then, but we're very close now. (laughs) on you like a global pandemic yeah I was just you know I kind of asked her I was like hey I'm coming to town like let me know if you know anywhere and she you know minutes later sent me this place she's like her ex-boyfriend used to live there and so I sublet there and I kind of like barely read the email about the other people who lived there I was like I'm not gonna see him like I'm gonna be working a lot I'm gonna be out seeing friends like uh, they seem cool like whatever they're all busy they're all working Turns out we we're all super there for months. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it a long out. Time. Yeah. It was like a very strange episode of the real world, but you know, it worked out. And then eventually I like moved into a different place here and met different friends and that was the whole thing. And then I, you know, got a studio, but I just kind of bounced around the neighborhood. So all of that context is like, when I moved to New York, it was like such a big thing. And I, I was like, where am I going to live? And I thought about the apartment and I couldn't decide for days. And I had a spreadsheet and it was like all planned. And it was this whole huge thing. And then like living here, I was, I had a carry on suitcase with like tropical clothing in it, no (laughs) belongings, (laughs) like no plan to move here. That, that friend, my, it's my friend, Christine, who like is the reason I'm existing here she's incredible but she like had to give me a coat and like pants because I don't know if you remember but it was really cold and rainy the first yeah it was very bizarre weather during that time yeah yeah and so I was like I have nothing and and you know we started sharing clothes and we're the same size and she's just the most generous person but yeah it was it was truly wild and unplanned and like kind of worked out even better than it did in New York so I feel like there's like some sort of lesson there of like, when you just allow and accept, you might get to the same destination of like the trying and fixing and forcing and pushing has never gotten me very far. One of my sister's biggest complaints about her kitty litter was that it would get clumpy and the dust would go everywhere and it would trap the odor basically in the entire house. When I told her about Pretty Litter's crystal formula being lightweight, ultra-absorbent, and long-lasting, and how it traps odors instantly and it doesn't clump, she was sold. Also, Tessa, our beloved co-host for Wisdom Wednesday, is also a fan of Pretty Litter. 
The super light crystal base is virtually dust-free, so it minimizes the mess. Plus, Pretty Litter's crystals last up to a month, which means less scooping for them. I love both my cat nieces, and I really do wish that I could have them around, but you all know that I have three humongous animals. Back to Pretty Litter. Here's the smartest thing about Pretty Litter, that the crystals, they change color to help you detect early signs of any potential illness. That includes urinary tract infections and kidney issues, which apparently is a thing. Another bonus that it ships directly to your door in a lightweight bag. So you never have to run out or you never have to get this huge container taking up space. All my cat people love Pretty Litter and you will too. If you head over to prettylitter.com and use the promo code LOVED, you'll save 20% off of your first order. That's prettylitter.com and use the promo code LOVED to save 20% off of your first order. www.prettylitter.com and use the promo code LOVED. So over the course of the last couple of years, especially since I hadn't been traveling for a long time, I went into my closet and I started to really pare back to what the essentials were like. And most of them turned out to be Jenny Kane, which didn't surprise me at all. Jenny Kane is the ultimate destination for effortless everyday pieces that never go out of style. And if you're a Jenny Kane fanatic like I am, you know I'm gonna talk about the Cocoon cardigan, the cashmere cardigan that everyone covets. It's their best-selling sweater style that you can pair with any outfit. The relaxed fit makes it perfect for styling in every way. It's so soft, you'll never wanna take it off. It's also really nice to just throw on anytime you're gonna head out for a coffee or tea with a friend, or if you're gonna get on the airplane, or if you're just lounging about the house. I love everything about Jenny Kane style. It is so California cool, it's so effortless, and you also can get Jenny Kane rewards. You can enjoy exclusive perks and benefits like birthday surprises and early access to new launches. Plus, you can earn up to 10% back on all your purchases. Join today and you'll get 100 points. So you can go find your forever pieces now at www.jennykane.com. For all of our listeners, Jenny Kane is giving 15% off of your first order when you use the promo code LOVED at checkout. That's jennykane.com and use the promo code LOVED. That's J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com. Use the promo code LOVED. Bomba's mission is simple. Make the most comfortable clothes ever and match every item sold with an equal item donated. So when you buy Bombas, you are also giving to someone in need. And who doesn't want to support that? Bombas design their socks, shirts, and underwear to be the clothes you can't wait to put on every day. And for me, that's definitely the case. I have so many pairs of Bombas, especially now that I'm traveling again. It's what I put on. They're my cozies. The minute I get out of the shower, I put them on to sleep. The minute I wake up, I change my daytime Bombas. And it's part of my daily ritual now. They make everything so soft, seamless, tagless, and it has a luxuriously cozy feel. They're made from super soft materials like merino wool, prima cotton, and even cashmere, which makes them the perfect cozy winter layers. And they're not just winter cozy layers. Back when I used to teach public classes, I, my feet are cold all the time. I used to wear my socks in the studio all day long and I just have cold feet and I like my feet to be warm. So you can use your Bombas for that. Here's my favorite thing about Bombas. Did you know that socks, underwear, and t-shirts are the three most requested clothing items at homeless shelters? That's why Bombas donates one for every item you buy. 
You can support Bombas today by going to bombas.com forward slash loved. You'll also get 20% off of your first purchase. That's www.bombas.com forward slash loved for 20% off. Bombas.com forward slash loved. For most of us, learning a second language in high school or college wasn't exactly a high point in our academic careers. Look, even for me, I grew up with Spanish as a first language, and as I got older, I didn't practice as much. So when I started to take Spanish in high school, I was really confused. Now, thanks to Babbel, the language learning app that sold more than 10 million subscriptions, there's an addictively fun and easy way to learn a new language. Whether you'll be traveling abroad, connecting in a deeper way with family, or you just have some free time, Babbel teaches bite-sized language lessons that you'll actually use in the real world. What makes it so accessible and fun for me is that all, all the lessons are 15 minute long. So it's a perfect way to learn a language on the go, or if you just have a, a short, little burst of time. And I didn't know this, but other language learning apps use AI for their lesson plans, but Babbel lessons were created by over a hundred language experts. And you can actually tell, even though I'm not an expert at Spanish, I definitely know that I've learned so much more by having the lessons be more specific. Plus Babbel's speech recognition technology helps you to improve your pronunciation and your accent. There are so many ways to learn with Babbel. In addition to lessons, you can access podcasts, games, videos, stories, and even live classes. Plus, it comes with a 20-day money-back guarantee. So you can start your language learning journey today with Babbel. Right now, for our Radically Loved listeners, you can purchase a three-month Babbel subscription and you'll get an additional three months for free. That's a total of six months for the price of three. Just go to babbel.com and use the code LOVED. That's B-A bbel.com and use the promo code L-O-V-E-D. Babbel, language for life. It's interesting because as I've watched you and gotten to, I feel like I said, I've just known you forever. It just feels that sort of heart connection. And I can so relate with what you're saying with regard to creating the spreadsheet, but also knowing and feeling your sentiment and sense of being free-spirited and just allowing it to just be whatever it is, you know? So I, I really love the sort of paradox that you're like, okay, this is what the structure is going to look like. But at the same time, you're open to going with the flow and allowing whatever is meant to transpire to transpire, right? I want to ask you a little bit more about your creative state and like, where do you draw to continue to create, you know, whether it's your podcast or, or writing or I'm like obsessed with your Instagram aesthetic. Like, I just feel <laughs> like it's, <laughs> it's just, I feel like you have such a unique sense of aesthetic. And I feel like it says so much about you. And again, this is such a bizarre thing, right? It's not like Katie and I are like besties. We talk all the time, but there is that kinship. And I really do believe a shaman told me one time that <laughs> we sort of like reincarnate with whole communities and that sometimes people that come into your life, 
even if it's just a brief moment, when you have that soul recognition, that means that in maybe some other lifetime, you would have been in the same community or something of that nature. And so I always think about that when I meet people like you that are very heart-centered, very grounded, very open. I love to just sort of go into the mind of somebody who sees things a certain way and you have a very specific way that you create your podcast, that you, the way that you write, the way that you present questions. I know I'm like literally dissecting it. I'm like, this is my sort of desire to be an art curator in my, you know, in my former career when I was trying to figure out what I wanted to be when I grew up. But yeah, I want, I want you to just maybe talk a little bit for you. Maybe it's like, I don't think about it at all. It's just how I am. That's amazing. But I'd really love to dive into a little bit more of the wisdom behind the creativity. Yeah. Well, thank you. That's so, so nice. And I, I always, I feel the same. Like I remember that day, like it was yesterday. I remember how nice you were. I remember coming to your apartment and I was just like, (laughs) you're incredible and kind and just easy to get along with. And I'm, and we should tell people too, you're about to do my podcast, which I'm yes. so excited about. So people can listen to you. I know. Cause I could tell you're wanting there. to ask questions and I'm like, no, 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 it's yeah. my turn. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Well, thank you for saying that. Honestly. I mean, I think the way that I, I'm not really sure, honestly, I think it's all just been like, you know, existing in my, I've changed a lot. I know that's one thing. Like I, and that's been really, to, to be honest with you, like challenging, I think, because I, that's so nice of you to say that you were, I don't know how you found me. I'm curious, but you were, you know, nice enough to ask me to do your podcast back then. And then like still now, like what I'm doing, because I don't think everyone is in the same boat as you. Yeah. Because I have changed like so drastically just because you know, I think that's the part that can be really challenging for me sometimes is to look back at even like my book. Like I wrote that when I was 23, right? Yeah. I got the book deal when I was 23, it came out when I was, I had like a long time to do it, but it came out when I was 25 and I'm 31 now. So, you know, I'm wearing a flower crown and, and wearing this like pink dress on the cover. And I would have made a different choice now, but it's very 2013 and who I was then. And I, and just the things I did on the internet then and in my life and things I said and on the podcast, all of it, it's, you know, I cringe basically at most of it. And wouldn't it be a bummer if I looked back on all that stuff and I was like, yep, exactly how I feel now, you know, like we, it's good that we evolve and we change and hopefully grow. And so I can kind of accept it and, and look at it as like, oh, it's so who I was then. And I also sometimes look at that and I'm like, the level of confidence that right. that person had and feels yeah, so the audacity, right? Yeah. I I that's the part that I love. You know, I def I'm older than you are, you know, but I even then it's sort of this, yeah, like the odd to me, the audacity and the tenacity really is the word, is so fun and inspiring. Yeah. And yes, I totally agree. And I'm happy to elaborate more, you know, when we have our conversation in the next hour, but to not being the same person and and tipping my hat to that, thank goodness. Yeah. I mean, I look back and I think back even just three years ago, 
have yeah. that person yesterday earlier yeah. in this conversation. <laughs> yeah, no. And I think there is something really beautiful about where we are in those moments, right? The drive, like what is driving you? We have these aspirations and desires of getting to the certain place. And back then it was very much in the wellness and self improvement space. Yeah. Things were different, right? Like that, that things were very different. There was a very sort of cookie cutter way of achieving success and doing the circuit and connecting with the right people and kind of going through those motions where at the same time, like what happens with time as we get older, we get wiser and we start to learn, we start to evolve, we start to see the facade crumble, you know, and I know that for me, that's what happened, having that same experience of even back then, right? Like being in my early thirties and having this vision of, oh, this is what I want my career to look like. I want to be like this and I want to have yoga pictures like this. And I'm going to do my green smoothies pictures like this with my acai (laughs) bowls. And, you know, like having that belief where you think, okay, this is what I need to do in order to achieve success. When I feel like, and this could be, and I feel like this might be true for you, just hearing and seeing, again, the evolution of you being more of who you really are at your core, right? Like sort of peeling back those layers and no pun intended, like to really let it out, right? To allow that part of you to be at the forefront as opposed to the that's still being who you are, but letting it rest more in the sort of back end of your being. Does that make sense? Yeah. And that's, that's really nice. I mean, I think it's constantly evolving. Like it's constantly trying to get me more to that, which is because this is sort of related to what we were talking about. The, the ego, like need to make your identity like living in a city or my identity is like being with this person or my identity is this, you know, success marker or number on social media or whatever it is. And I've always, one of mine of those has been to be different and like to be kind of different and weird. Like that has been an identity of mine of like, I'm actually not going to do it that way. I'm going to do it this other way over here, but in this category and that's, what's going to make it mine. And part of that I think is really cool and good because it's like being yourself, like you're saying, but part of it is like judgmental almost of like, I'm going to so not do it in this sort of formula that works that I'm going to be over here doing my other like weird thing. And then being frustrated that it's also not working if this (laughs) is making any sense. Yeah, totally. And, you know, I think that way about like, I'll be more specific actually, like about work things, like even recently where I'm like, well, it's so uncool to like, you know, talk about this online class that I'm doing because, you know, all my friends are artists and I don't want to like, is my work stupid? Like I don't maybe it's like, you know, feeling this sort of like unwanted, caring so much about being cool that I like kind of want to be elusive and, and aloof. Yeah. And it's something I'm working on. That's like, I'm not cool. I'm warm and like someone who it's very easy for people to get to know. And I'm, I am 
you know, I talk a lot. It's, it's something that I've just had to, I'm in, I'm talking about this as like, I'm good at it. This is something I'm like literally every single day, like is a part of my life because I'm so, it's essentially like caring what people think. And and I can very easily talk all day about having other people not do that, but it's really about like, right. It's like writing with my left hand, you know, because it's so ingrained in me to exist in this one way. But I think to your other point about like an aesthetic and having an identity in that way, I think part of it is that of like wanting to be different. And then also drawing influences like really outside of where you spend the most time, you know, like Mm -hmm. we both kind of came up in yoga and wellness culture. And I think in around that time, like 2015, 2016, 2013, like that was a time where it it was so different from what it was is now that it was still like a little bit niche. And now it's like more mainstream and that it's almost a little bit uncool maybe, but back then I, I, it was sort of my rebellion, you know, it was my, my family owned, you know, fast food restaurants growing up. So for me to, I didn't know what kale was, you know, I was like, this is a way for me to be different, you know? And then now it's like, it's totally not that, but I think I always wanted to draw, like my influences were not in self-help and personal growth. Like I was reading other things and I was listening to other things and I was trying to diversify what I was taking in at that time to be different. And I think now ultimately, like, I'm just a soup of everyone around me, you know, like I'm, my friend Christine always says this, because to me, I look at her and have said really similar things to what you like so kindly said to me of, of, I think that the way she sees the world and creates things very quickly and has so many ideas. You know, she's a brilliant ceramicist and a DJ and she makes YouTube videos and she's a filmmaker and she directs. And like, I feel like I'm missing a bunch of like key things that she does. She's just really good at at all that she does. And she works hard. She teaches herself things and has this aesthetic and, and people are, everyone loves her. And she just really inspires me with how she lives, you know? And so I was trying to like kind of unpack her and be like, tell me more, you know, because I'm so interested in process and how people spend their days and routines and habits. And, you know, that's what I do on let it out is try to understand that a little bit. And what she said to me is she was like, Oh, I'm just really influenced by my friends. Like, this is all like a soup of my friends. And I feel like that too. You know, I think I, that was helpful because listening, like just listening to the people around you and asking people what they did that day and then trying it out and like treating everything as an experiment. And there's these really great, do you know the sister Karina Kent art rules? Mm -mm. She was, I just read them on this week's episode because they were on my mind for some reason, but she was an artist and a teacher at a college in LA. And she made these art rules that like, when I say rules, they're, they're really gentle. And one of them is always be around and treat everything like an experiment and, you know, pull everything out of everyone around you. And I think ultimately the best, like, I think hacks are really stupid, but trick, I guess, like a trick to creativity, I think is being really present 
Mm. You know, like being really present with what's around you and trying to, for me, it's all about like getting the combination, right? I just made a zine about this because I'm garbage when I'm like cranky or tired or really sad or depressed. Like I'm not, I might get a idea that I might want to do later, but I'm not going to actually make anything on those days. So I have to manage my nervous system and try to feel okay to be able to actually produce anything. Yeah. Oh, I love that so much. I feel like it is a great way to approach navigating change or getting, I mean, without, yeah, being trite with the hacks or anything. It's a great tip to cultivating a sense of creativity when you approach it from a very lackadaisical. I don't want to say lackadaisical. It almost sounds like, oh, like it's a passive experience, but I think it's definitely way more of an open. You're inviting people to be more open or the invitation to creativity is to just be fully, fully there and to allow the, it's almost like creativity is a bubble, like a sphere that is ever present. And all we have to do is step into it as opposed to, oh, how do I find it? How do I cultivate it? Especially if you are somebody that's prone to getting discouraged easily or uninspired, or you're really hard on yourself, having the believing or understanding creativity as something that you walk into, as opposed to something that you have to cultivate, I think is way less daunting and a little bit more inviting. I'm looking at the time and I'm like, man, I can can talk to you. I feel like we just got started. I feel like there's so much here that I learned from you since the And again, from the last conversation that we had and your energy and and who you are. And I imagine that five years from now, you'll be a different person again. Uh, and maybe if, if we're so. still around, if we're still podcasting, maybe we do another, maybe we do another podcast, hopefully before yeah. then, but where can people go to connect with you? Thank you for saying all that. I have to say this, there's this movie that I love and there's a scene where one of the characters meets up with a different character and they're at the bar and he's like, every five years, I realize how much of an asshole I was five years before, like (laughs) clockwork. And and it's so funny that, you know, we'll check in here every five years. It's a little time capsule. (laughs) Yeah, totally. And we'll look back and be like, what were we going on about? Mm -hmm. We were so sure because that's the thing. We get so committed to our resolve, right? To where we are in this moment. It's like, oh, the me five years ago, like she did not know. But me now, I know. And then five years from from now, we'll look back and be like, "Uh, no, she didn't know either. Where can people connect with you? (laughs) Well, I'm let it out has its own Instagram. So it's at let it out with three T's. And that's where I share about the podcast and like interviews and stuff that I do. And then I'm at Katie Delba. If you want to see my like weird, you know, goofy photos of my friends in my apartment. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and let it out my podcast we're we'll just continue this over there but i've been doing it forever and there's a robust archive with a lot of people and rosie included and <laughs> yeah. we're going to chat over there and what else i i i do this this group called in process so if people want to oh yeah well tell us about that. that what is it 
Well, I started in the pandemic actually, but it's like, it's exactly about what we're talking about, about creativity. And I believe that it's not necessarily in our control and we can do a few things to approach it almost from a spiritual perspective and with community and connection. And so we come together like three times a month and uh, we, I have guests that come in like my friend Christine and uh, we talk about process and habits and routine. And then we do a co-working session together. So we all say what we're going to work on and then do two Pomodoros together. And then each, each month has a theme. So I believe creativity kind of works in this cycle or this it's cyclical, right? It's this process. So I believe first you have to create space. So, you know, clear out and, you know, physically and digitally. So mm-hmm. we had a feng shui expert come in one time and we had a inbox clearing, like digital space file organizing person come in and then gather, like gathering inspiration and experiences. And then the third step, the third part of the cycle is try, like throw things at the wall, see what sticks messy, you know? And then the last part is share, which is like actually really intentional to close the loop. And then you do it again, 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 because, you know, for some people, it didn't make sense that that has to be part of the cycle, but I believe that it does because without sharing, it stays stagnant. But if you share it, that's the part that we really want, which is connection and feedback and iterating and it can be uncomfortable like we're saying of looking at something and then having to to redo it but it allows progress so that's what keeps the wheel turning yeah I love that sounds like so much fun wow that's incredible (laughs) that is literally amazing we will add the link to that in the show notes so if you're watching this on youtube it'll be in the description below if you're listening to this wherever you get your podcast check the info button all of the links that we mentioned will be there the final question is how do you feel radically loved well you know i think it's feeling supported you know i think i've been definitely too attached or like a tinge of codependency or trying to control. And when I've just been like, okay, this is create space. And I think allowed myself to just feel whatever I'm feeling. Ultimately, always something has shifted where like somebody texts me and asks me how I am or someone I run into on the street says something kind to me or I'm reminded by something. I I think we are, I have been so fortunate to feel supported even when on paper, I feel like I'm floating and don't really have, I've had to create, you know, a lot of support myself, but yeah, that like, it's going to be okayness feeling (laughs) is the best way I can describe it. Wow. I love that. So beautiful. Thank you so much, Katie, for being here. And thank you, everybody, for listening. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. If you found it valuable, please remember to share it with somebody who you think would also find value. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening to the Radically Loved Podcast. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on Facebook at Radically Loved Rosie, on Instagram at Rosie Acosta, and Twitter at Rosie Acosta. 
By the way, this is original music by DJ Taz Rashid. You can follow DJ Taz on Spotify and check out the best music for yoga and meditation. This has been a Mod Pod Studio production. Check them out at www.modpodstudio.com. <laughs>